Hi, I'm Michelle Shepard, host of Uncover Charmini from CBC Podcasts. In 1999, 15-year-old Charmini Anandavel disappeared on her way to a job that police believed didn't exist. Four months later, her remains were found in a wooded ravine. I revisit the case that has stayed with me for over 20 years, ever since I first covered it as a cub crime reporter for the Toronto Star. You can find Uncover Charmini on CBC Listen or on your favourite podcast app. This is a CBC Podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. Welcome to The Dose. For decades, women were advised to get regular pap tests to screen for cervical cancer. The pap test is considered one of, if not the most successful cancer screening test ever developed. So that's that's a big deal. Now, many provinces are phasing it out. Its replacement is a test for human papillomavirus, or HPV. So this week we're asking, how do I get screened for cervical cancer? Hi, Kim. Welcome to The Dose. Before we begin, can you give us a hi, my name is, tell us what you do and where you do it. Just ad lib. Hi, I'm Dr. Kim Alexander. I'm a gynecologist who practices in Brampton, Ontario um, for about... 15 years now, my practice has been primarily focused on lower genital tract gynecology, which means problems with the cervix, vagina, and vulva. A high percentage of the work that I do is cervical cancer screening, uh, along with some other less common issues, especially diseases of the skin of the vulva. Um, So my expertise is in cervical cancer screening, and uh, I'm really excited for these new changes that are coming down the road. And that's what we want you to talk about. How important is it for women to get regular screening of one kind or another for cervical cancer? In countries that don't have HPV vaccination and cervical cancer screening programs, cervical cancer is a leading cause of death among women. Um, Countries that don't have these programs have cancer rates three times higher than places like Canada where screening programs exist. So what you're saying is that as more and more women are vaccinated against HPV, uh, we expect that the incidence of cervical cancer is going to go down, down, down. That is correct. And in fact, Australia has announced that they will have eradicated cervical cancer by 2030 based on their robust HPV vaccination program. So who should be screened in Canada? Well, these guidelines are changing. Currently, in most provinces, screening is starting at age 25. However, in some provinces, it may still be at age 21. These changes are mostly because of HPV vaccination among this younger cohort that we're just, we have a much lower chance of these early cancers and precancers developing. That's our age to start, our age to end, again, very somewhat by province, but is generally between ages 65 and 70. Kim, I've always been confused by statistics, but I have to say that I'm even more confused these days. Is the incidence, uh, I mean, you've, you've said that with, H, with human papillomavirus, several strains of which are actually the cause of cervical cancer, as more women are vaccinated... Uh, we expect the incidence to go down, and yet I've been hearing lately from the Canadian Cancer Society that the incidence is going up. So which is it? Increases in incidence can be due to multiple factors. So our HPV vaccination program has 
only really been in place for people who are under 30. Many cervical cancers occur in older age. So we see two peaks in cervical cancer incidence. One is in people in their late 30s, early 40s, and another is in patients who are in their 70s. In both of those populations, many of the women involved have never had access to HPV vaccination. So that's one piece. The second piece is screening. Do people have family doctors where they can actually go in and be recalled for their regular cervical cancer screening tests, their pap tests? And the third issue is, are people able to access specialist care if they have an abnormal pap? So those three factors can all play a role in how effective we are at catching problems in the cervix before they become cervical cancers. This is one of the amazing things about the cervix is that we have recognizable, definable precancerous lesions that are easy to treat and cure. So are you kind of saying that we might temporarily see uh, a slight increase in the incidence of cervical cancer because we're screening more for it and therefore we're detecting more of it? That's possible. Um, as our screening kicks in, as we start to shift to HPV-based screening, we will definitely have a bump of precancers that are diagnosed. Ah. Um, I suspect we'll pick up a small increase in the number of actual cancers as well, but we expect to see quite an increase in referrals to colposcopy, which is the specialist care one receives after an abnormal cervical screening test, because we'll be picking up all of these new HPV infections that may not have been picked up on previous pap tests. Gotcha. So let's zero in on some of the comparisons of, of the two screening tests that have the, the, the traditional one and the new one. Let's start with the pap test, uh, which can detect uh, cervical cancer cells and its precursors. How effective is it as a screening test for cancer of the cervix? It's a little bit complicated to answer because the issue with pap tests is that we have all sorts of different categories of them, right? You can have mild, you can have high grade, you can have ASK8, which is kind of an indeterminate result, and each of those has different levels of risk associated with it. A positive pap test does imply that something may be going on, um, but a negative doesn't always do so. So screening with pap testing misses almost half of existing abnormalities on the cervix. Wow, that, that's kind of sobering. So how does HPV screening differ from a pap test? So HPV screening is really, really effective. If you're positive for HPV, the likelihood that you have the virus on board, this virus that is a risk factor for cancer, is very, very high. So positive means you've got the problem, okay? Negative is also really, really powerful with an HPV test. So if you have a single negative HPV test, the probability of finding a precancer 10 years later is less than 1%. Wow. So a single negative HPV test has real power to predict that you're safe for 10 years to come. We know that with a pap test, you need a pelvic examination, a speculum exam. What about HPV testing? So there's two ways to approach this. The biggest problem with HPV testing in terms of trying to build a public health strategy around it is that 
HPV testing just means you have the risk factor. It doesn't mean you have the problem, okay? So you could be positive for HPV and never actually develop a problem on the cervix. So our next step, if we tried to take everybody who was HPV positive and put them all into specialist care for more invasive testing, we'd have so many patients that we wouldn't be able to test them all. So most provinces are moving to a, a pap test as triage. So you'll have your HPV test first, okay? If HPV is present, if you've got that risk factor, then we need to actually do the pap to see if there's any changes on the cervix, okay? If we can collect that primary HPV sample in the doctor's office with a speculum, then if your HPV test shows up positive in the lab, they can automatically run the pap test from the same specimen. So single speculum exam, both tests able to be run and determine if you need to see a specialist now, if you need a repeat test in a year, just to kind of see where you're at in terms of what needs to come next. We can also do HPV as a self-sampling test where you could receive a test kit in the mail do the testing yourself with insertion into the vagina in the privacy of your own home, and then mail it in for analysis. This, however, doesn't allow sampling of the cervix that we could use for pap tests later on. So if you were to screen positive, you'd need to see your family doctor for a speculum exam to have the pap test to then be referred on for specialist care if necessary. How does the uh, at-home uh, in the comfort and privacy of your own home, uh, self-testing compared to testing in a doctor or nurse practitioner's office? The data on this has been really exciting because it does show that self-collected specimens and provider-collected specimens are equivalent in terms of their um, precision or the likelihood of a clear result. So self-collected swabs are very useful in terms of HPV screening which is great news, especially for our underserviced populations. So people in remote areas, people with precarious employment, or people with low income who can't necessarily get to the doctor's office easily, and folks from our LGBTQ plus communities who may not be comfortable in a doctor's office if they've experienced homophobia or transphobia before. Without getting too graphic, um, how do you do the test at home? So the collection kit that's been approved in Canada is something called the Evelyn brush. Um, it's inserted into the vagina. You push a little plunger and then you spin it five times inside the vagina and then pull the plunger back and close it in the included envelope and mail it. You know what? Uh, a good chunk of the population has been doing self-testing for COVID, and uh, yep, yeah, it's, it's a different orifice, but you're 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 making it seem like it's very similar. Certainly, the collection component of it is similar to the COVID test. Um, most of the COVID tests that we've been doing at home have actually included the next step, which is the assay. So the little pregnancy test component of the. the the test where you yep. drip yep. the drops onto the little stick and wait for the lines. We all know that so, now. Yep. Right. That's a rapid antigen test. For HPV collection, we actually use a PCR test. So the actual test is done in the lab with a more complicated assay, but the specimen itself is collected at home. 
Hi, I'm Asha Tomlinson. And I'm David Common. And we're hosts of CBC Marketplace. We're award-winning investigative journalists that want to help you avoid clever scams, unsafe products, and sketchy services. Our TV show has been Canada's top investigative consumer watchdog for more than 50 years. But this is our first podcast. CBC Marketplace podcast is available now on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. So you've said that home collection, self-collection is is equivalent to uh, mm-hmm. collection by uh, a healthcare provider in the clinic. Is it absolutely uh, or, 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 or is there a, a possibility of, of making a mistake and getting it wrong? You know what? The, it's really pretty foolproof, Brian. Um, because HPV is present throughout the vagina, you don't have to get the brush to any particular place to find it. It just has to be in there. As I say, the the drawback with the um, collection at home is that we're not sampling the part of the cervix where cell abnormalities are found. So we're able to collect the HPV specimen, but not have a sample that's useful for running pap tests on later. Regarding the at-home test, um, is this something the province pays for um, or is this something that people are going to have to get on their own? Sure. So uh, for years now, HPV testing has been available to many people in Canada. In Ontario, when we take the pap specimen, there's just a checkbox on the bottom of the form that we can check off uh, and the lab will test the specimen for HPV and mail a bill to the patient's home. The current lab that I work with in Ontario charges about $100 to run that test, and the test result is sent to my office along with the PAP result. The self-screening test that's available in Canada is a private test. So the consumer would purchase the test, do it at home, and send it back to the test provider. Um, They're charging the same amount. They're charging $99 for that HPV test. So whether you're getting it through your physician and paying privately or having the swab collected as a self-swab, both costs are approximately the same. Now in Ontario, the announcement has been made that HPV testing will be free to patients, hopefully within the year. Now, free HPV testing is already available in PEI and I believe in Quebec and has been announced in New Brunswick British Columbia and Ontario now as well. So for many people in Canada, HPV testing is going to be free in the very near future. Um, But for those who don't have access to either providers' offices or are comfortable in providers' offices or live in provinces where it's not quite ready yet, this at-home test is definitely a reasonable option. How often do you need HPV testing? The HPV test is very effective for many years. Right, So there's only that 1% chance of a precancer or cancer found within a 10-year span. Most uh, places recommend that we test it at a five-year interval just to really make sure that we don't have anyone who slips through the cracks. So for most people, HPV testing at five-year intervals will be appropriate. There are some patients who are higher risk, patients who've had Uh, kidney transplants or poorly controlled HIV, patients on multiple immunosuppressants. Some patients are just at higher risk if they get an infection. Their immune system won't be able to keep it under control 
for those patients, depending on individual recommendations, we may drop that screening interval to three years. I'm not sure what the final consensus will be when guidelines come out across the country. Oh, so we're waiting for new guidelines. Mm -hmm, that is correct. Um, recently, there was a pan-Canadian guideline uh, released for both primary HPV screening and colposcopy clinics, which is the specialist follow-up. However, healthcare in Canada is a provincial responsibility and each province will come up with their own guidelines. Got it. Um, I want to get back to cost for a second because you've described a, a scenario in which more and more Canadians will have access to the at-home testing. Uh, until that happens, how much is cost a factor that might inhibit some from getting tested? I think that scenario in my office is very different from what the scenario is at the family doctor's office. By the time they come to me, they've had an abnormal pap, they've been sitting there worried for weeks or months, and when I talk about how powerful the HPV test is, the vast majority of patients are excited about the test regardless of that $100 cost. It is very powerful, it allows us to really determine risk clearly. I think in the family doctor's office, uptake uh, for HPV testing is a little bit lower. Patients really don't know a whole lot about it yet. Um, and as I say, in many provinces, um, this will be a moot point as free HPV testing becomes the standard of care for all family doctors. We've talked a fair amount here about at-home testing. Who should still get in-person screening? The benefit to in-person screening is that your family doctor can help explain why we're doing the test that we are and help explain the results. Certain studies of self-screening have shown that not all patients follow up with a care provider for the required next steps if they test positive. Some jurisdictions have addressed this by, rather than mailing out the self-swab, actually sending a public health nurse to the home to explain the swab and the required next steps. HPV on its own doesn't necessarily represent a problem. 80% of people who have HPV positive tests will clear the virus on their own without adverse effects. So having an HPV positive test is not the end of the world. More than 75% of us will have an HPV positive test at some point in our lives. I tell patients to think about their Thanksgiving table and 75% of the people sitting around that table will have had HPV. All the uncles and aunties and grandmas and sisters, everybody's had it. And most of us are just fine. Um, so the, the difficulty with the self-swabbing is that you don't necessarily have someone to explain that to you. So the advantage of some kind of contact with a healthcare provider, whether it's upon delivery of the test or whether it's the actual um, provider for the test, is to help explain some of these nuances that an HPV positive test doesn't necessarily mean there's actually a problem at this given time. It represents a risk factor, so it helps us decide that we may want to keep a closer eye on you until we see that infection resolve. I cheated. I've got another last question, and it was inspired by, by what you've just said. So I apologize for that, but I'm thinking about the 6.5, estimated 6.5 million Canadians who don't have 
access to primary care. Where do they go if they do an at-home test and it's positive for HPV to get further screening and, and to find out you know, whether they might have a cervical cancer or a precancerous lesion or not? That's an excellent question, Brian. Currently, um, in many places, walk-in clinics are where you go if you need cervical cancer screening and you don't have a primary care provider. Um, provinces will come up with their own solution. Um, in Brampton, where I live, we have a number of clinics, primary care clinics that specialize in cervical cancer screening. So walk-in clinics may be able to direct patients towards those resources. Um, but yes, this, and this is the same issue that we run across with abnormal PAPs, right? What if you go to a walk-in clinic and get an abnormal PAP, um, but then can't access that same provider to, for referral to a specialist for next steps? Wow. It shows you that, that we have a healthcare system that, that has uh, some cracks in it and, and uh, we need to kind of, we need to find ways of closing the loop, which is something that we're uh, going to spend a fair amount of time talking about on our other show, White Coat Black Art, later this season. Um, the other really important piece in terms of um, the eradication of HPV disease in Canada is our um, vaccination rates. So I have Ontario data, but although all kids in Ontario are offered free HPV vaccination, in the most recent year that we have data, only 64% got the vaccine. And post-pandemic, only 15% of our young people were vaccinated for HPV in the cohorts that missed school-based programming. HPV vaccine is available to people of any age in Canada. It's off-label over age 46, um, but anyone who's at ongoing risk of infection can consider vaccination according to our NACI guidelines. Many of my patients have no idea that HPV vaccination is accessible to them at any age. Um, and especially for people who are in midlife and have had some changes in their relationship status. So people who are newly divorced or people who are out in the dating world again, protecting yourself from the HPV virus is easy. It's a vaccination. Dr. Kim Alexander, that is a fabulous note on which to end this episode of The Dose. Thank you so much for explaining the ins and outs of the changing world of cervical cancer screening. Thanks, Brian. Glad I could be here to help today. Dr. Kim Alexander is an obstetrician gynecologist with a practice in Brampton, Ontario, focusing on HPV disease and vulvar health. Here's your dose of smart advice. Screening for cervical cancer reduces its incidence and saves lives. The pap test, which is done by a healthcare provider at a clinic, was once the only way to screen for cervical cancer. But the test misses some cancers, and a negative pap test does not guarantee you're free of risk. Human papillomavirus, or HPV testing, is a newer method of cancer screening. HPV infections cause the vast majority of cervical cancers. Turning that around, should you test negative for HPV, your risk of developing cervical cancer within the next 10 years is extremely low. Most provincial cervical cancer screening programs use both HPV and pap testing. Both samples are collected during the same speculum exam. The HPV test is done first, with a pap test done only if the HPV test is positive. Most provinces begin screening at age 25, with some beginning as early as age 21. Depending on the province, screening continues every two to three years to age 65 or 70. 
There's a new at-home HPV test which is easy to do. The results are as accurate as the test done by your healthcare provider. But if you do test positive on a home test, you will need to visit a healthcare provider to get a pap test. The at-home test currently costs about $100 out of pocket. Cost could be a factor that deters some people from getting it. The surest way to reduce your risk of getting cervical cancer is to get vaccinated against HPV. If you have topics you'd like discussed or questions answered, our email address is thedose at cbc.ca. If you like this episode, please give us a rating and review wherever you listen. This edition of The Dose was produced by Isabel Gallant. Our senior producer is Colleen Ross. The Dose wants you to be better informed about your health. If you're looking for medical advice, see your health care provider. I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. Until your next dose. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.